0: We start with a very exciting Mishnah that has been the subject of a mathematical puzzle for generations, and we'll see if we can resolve it. Mishahaya Nasui shalosh nashim umet. A man was married to three women, and he died in the lifetime of uh, of all these three wives. And so now his estate has to pay out the three ketubas. However, here's the complication: ketubatashelzo mane, veshelzo matayim veshelzo shalosh meot ve'en sham ela mane cholkin So he owes to the first woman, a hundred, to the second, two hundred, to the, to the third, three hundred. We have to be talking about a case where he actually wrote all three Kitubot on the same day at the same time, uh, because otherwise if you wrote one earlier and then married the second one some days later, then the first one has the first lien. The earliest lien on the land would get paid first in total, before the second one does. But if they do all have their kitubah written at the same time, so they all have an equal uh, access to the lien. However, if there's only 100 uh, zoos in his estate all together, so certainly not enough to pay all of them, well in that case they divide it equally. Everybody gets one third. Here's a quick chart. Uh, So the case is, we'll call them Sada, deserves a hundred. Rivka has two hundred coming to Rachel, has three hundred reign in her Kitubah. If there's only a hundred in the entire estate, then they divide equally. The reason why they would divide equally and not proportionally or some other way, the idea is that um, they have an equal lien on that piece of land. Sarah has a lien on the full whole t- entire amount of land, because it, it, the entire amount of land is a hundred and she has a lien of a hundred. So since they all have an equal lien on that little little piece of land, so they all get paid 33 and a quarter equally. All right, let's see the, that makes sense. Let's see the next case. And here's where it's going to get a little more complicated. Hayusham Matayim. So the estate has 200 in uh, zoos. A Zahav, a golden dinad, is worth 25 zoos. So three Zahav is 75. Uh, so the one that was deserving 100 gets 50. And the other two women, both the one that was, uh, has, is owed 200 and the one that's owed 300, gets 75 each. Uh, so here's the chart for that. It's 50. 75 and 75. Now this is hard to understand because based on the principle we saw over here about uh, land lien, the first one has a lien only of a 100, so and they all do. So technically she should get 33 and then Rivka, the second one has a lien on two on, on all of the remaining land because there's only 200 remaining. And so since uh, she has a lien on all of it, uh, then it should be that the first one gets 33 and they all get—they each get thirty-three from the first from the first hundred of the land, and then the second hundred so should be split evenly, so that would be thirty-three, and this would be eighty-three and eighty-three. That's what we would expect. Um, this is strange. Why does this one get fifty? Uh, and 75 and 75. Very difficult to explain this. The Gemara is going to propose a couple of solutions that are going to be uh, f- uh, f- forced okimtot, uh, that will be uh, difficult to fit into the words of the Mishnah. Um, and the uh, Geonim and Shonim offer all kinds of possibilities. Uh, before I give an explanation, uh, let's see the third case. Hayu sham if there are three hundred zoos in the estate altogether for, to pay everyone, so not enough. Uh, you know, you need six hundred for everyone to get paid in full. So this is half the amount that's necessary. Uh, the one that was owed a hundred gets fifty, like they like she did in the in the second case. The one who's owed a hundred. Uh, The one who is owed 200, rather, gets 100. And the one who is owed 300 gets 6 zahav, meaning 6 times 25, which is 150, uh, as follows here. Uh, it's 50, 100, 150. This is also difficult to understand based on the principle of a lien. So, really, the one that has uh, is owed a hundred has a lien only on a hundred of the property. Should only get thirty-three. So this, uh, uh, all three have an equal lien on the first hundred. So it should be they should get thirty-three. Um, uh, Rivka, uh, the second one has a lien on the second hundred along with the uh, Rachel. So they should actually split the second hundred evenly, and so she would get thirty-three plus plus fifty is the 83 and uh rachel is the only one that has a lien on the third hundred of the property so should get that exclusively and get 183 um but that's not the case here so the um it's hard to it's really difficult to figure out what is the principle behind this it seems like in the case of when there's only 100 the uh solution is to split everything evenly okay fine but then you know if you want to be consistent so that do that all you know do that throughout um, and in the end, this one they should each get a hundred, but we don't do that. Uh, the uh, another um, possibility is this should always be proportional. Uh, that um, uh, uh, there should always be, since all this adds up to six hundred, so uh, Sarah would get one sixth. Rivka would get. 2 6, and Rachel would always get 3 6 or a, or a half of whatever's there. And the proportional is what happens in the third case here, where um, Sada gets half, she's owed 100, she gets half. And if Kaz owed 200, she gets half. And Rachel's owed 300, she gets half. So that is also something that you could, um, that seems would be fair and you could do in all cases, but that only works for this case. It doesn't work for the case over for, for the for the set for the middle case middle case is actually quite difficult to understand. What is the principle behind it? All right. The Talmud is going to, as I said, is going to propose two uh, a, a forced okim tot. But here is an answer it was discovered by Professor Robert Oman. Here he is receiving a Nobel Prize in Economics. Uh, He is still a professor of mathematics at Hebrew University. He made a tremendous Kiddush Hashem here accepting his award with a kippah on, has made a tremendous um, contribution to uh, uh, many fields, and he, tr- he uh, turns his attention to this particular Suga and wrote a paper on it. He's a world expert not only in knot theory, but also in game theory, and so he analyzes this using very sophisticated models of game theory. Uh, but the solution he came to is actually quite simple and can be explained simply, even though he had to use some complex mathematics to figure it out. So here is uh, the model that he has published. If you imagine three uh, hourglass shaped tubes, um, this one represents the one who was owed 100, but we split it in half. Uh, 50 up here and 50 down here. And then next to it is the one that is 0,200 split in half, 100 up here, 100 down here. And this altogether is 300, but also split in half, 150 and 150. These hourglasses are all connected on the bottom such that their level will always even out uh, based on basic principle of hydraulics. Uh, The amount inside these small tubes is negligible. So if we start filling it up and uh, let's say we have 100, um, to fill all three up with well they all they will all settle down to just 33 each so that would be the first case here um, if we add us uh, a little more if we add 200 then you see that this one will fill up till 50 here's the case of 200 um the first one will fill up till 50 and then it will not fill up anymore until it gets all the way up here that'll be um in a while and so this one fills up till 50 and then the leftover will be evenly distributed between these two so uh, 200 minus 50 leaves 150 that's 75 and 75 each in the case where there is 300 altogether we pour another 100 into this and then this one gets a full half which is fifty. This one gets a full half of what she's owed, which is a hundred, and that's a hundred fifty altogether, leaving a hundred fifty so that she is also full. The basic principle is that everyone gets an even distribution until they get a half of what they are owed. Uh, So everybody should get up to even until they get up to a half. What the Mishnah does not discuss is what happens if there's more than half how is how will that be distributed mishnah says nothing about it and uh, and therefore we can only guess what the mishnah would say but oman's uh, uh, proposal is that once you reach half then any more of that will go to the one that's owed the most, uh, the the one fifty, uh, so that no one just like as here it should be split evenly until everyone has been restored at least half. So too on the opposite side we 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 turn it around and say the one that's missing the most should be restored uh, first until she her loss is equal to the second most, and they are both restored until their losses are equal. And if there's still more after that, then they share equally until they are all uh, full. And so this is a pretty simple, straightforward model that can be applied in all possible cases. And you can even multiply this if there are four or ten or a hundred people that are owed all kinds of different amounts. Um, it's uh, simple to make this uh, make this calculation and figure it out. He wrote a relatively complex article using using lots of uh, mathematical notation and proving uh, the all the game theory behind it. So it's quite fascinating that this is a Mishnah that assumed uh, quite a, a quite an interesting solution, um, but it was so um, complex and uh, maybe beyond this time that the Talmud, Geonim, Rishonim, uh, did not come to a simple explanation that uh, easily uh, can explain all the cases, and it took a professor in, in our times to figure it out. Actually, you can find uh, something like it in uh, a work called Darkash Shel Tara, which was a little bit before Oman, uh, but uh, nevertheless, it did take a long time to figure this out. Alright, so this is really fascinating, the way we you can find uh, advanced game theory even in the Mishnah. Uh, and um, But now we'll see uh, what the Talmud has to say about it and how it explains it. Okay, one more point in the Mishnah. This <laughs> Um, principle of distribution applies not only to uh, paying out of a kituba where there's a lien and all that, uh, but also to three people who deposited money into a purse. We would call it a partnership or a corporation. And each one puts in a different amount, 100, 200, and 300, into this corporation. And the corporation does business, and now they want to take out the profit. Or they have to share the loss. Uh, how will they share the loss or the profit? It's based on the same principle as the as, as in the Mishnah. Okay, Gemara. Manen We have a question about the second case here, uh where the one that is owed hundred gets fifty. Why? She should really get only um, uh, thirty-three and a third uh, based on the fact that she has a lien only on a hundred uh, and they all share that lien on a hundred, so that first hundred, they should all share thirty-three. The second hundred, that's in this case, uh, the Sarah has no lien on it, so she shouldn't get any part of it. So, uh, based on that principle, how can we explain uh the fact that she gets 50 and here's the first answer amar shmuel bekhotvet balat mataim lebat man mane den Enli endri imach bemane the one who's owed 200 Tells or uh, or writes to the one that says one hundred says I will have no legal dealings with you regarding your hundred. In other words, I, I I'm not going to take you to court regard regarding that, and uh, it's okay. You know you can keep your share of uh, of that first hundred. So that um, here in this case, that first hundred is, is legally disputed only by Sada and Rachel, because Rivka says I'm out. Right, you. It's okay, I I'm not going to take my share of 100. And so since that first 100 only has two claimants to it, Sada and Rachel, they split it evenly. So Sada will get 50, and then uh, Rachel will get 50. Uh, but then, have mm-hmm. um so we have a question if so that she removed herself uh, from the first half from the first hundred altogether then why is it 75 and 75 really it should be she gets 50 she gets 50 and then of the second hundred that they will then, these two will split evenly so that really Rachel should get a hundred and the only 50. All right? because Rachel can tell Rivka, hey, you removed yourself from the first hundred. So it should be 50, 50, a hundred. If in fact, Divka removed her claim from the first hundred. So, that's the question. And the answer is, Mishum midinu devarim hu de nafshai. says, no, I only meant that I removed my, myself from legal dealings or involvement with the first, with Sarah, it doesn't. I didn't mean that I removed my claim regarding the first hundred altogether. So, therefore, it's a kind of combination compromise. Uh, Rivka says, "Listen, I, I'm not going to make any claim against you regarding that first uh, that first hundred. So, fine. Then there's only Sarah and Rachel regarding the first hundred. She gets fifty. However, Rivka did not excuse herself of having dealings, legal dealings with Rachel even over the first hundred. And so they together uh, have to share the other 50. Sarah gets 50 because she has dealings, uh, a fight only with Rachel. So 50. That leaves another 50. And, but Rachel uh, says, I want half of, half of the rest of it. So they get 25 each from the first hundred. And then the second hundred, they split evenly, 50-50, because they have an equal lead on it, and that's how you get 275. Okay, so this does explain the case, but it does assume in Okimta that uh, Rivka told Sarah that you know, I'm not going to have a legal dealing with you. It doesn't say that in the Mishnah. All right, um, uh, now, the next case. Hayusham <inaudible> shelosh If there's 300, uh, so now we ask, shel matayim maneh? Shivim deit la Shemuel, according to your principle, uh, in the third case, the second woman should only get 75. Here's why. Uh, when there's three hundred altogether, now regarding the uh, first hundred, once again, as Shimuel said, Lifka says I have uh, no uh, dealings with you, Sada, so I'm not going to claim your fifty. Fine, Sada so gets so. Therefore, there's only two claimants to the first hundred. Sada gets half so that that uh, fifty. The other fifty, Divka says, I do have a claim against Rachel, so that would be. 25 each from the first hundred. So 50, 25, 25. Now it comes to the second hundred. The second hundred, Rivka and Rachel have an equal lien on it, so split halfway. So she gets 50 and 50. So Rivka is 25 plus 50. That's 75 altogether. Uh, Rachel has a sole claim to the third hundred. Her lien is 300. Only she has a lien on the third hundred. So she gets... The uh, she should get 175 uh, rather than 150, and she should only get 75 rather than 100. So, sorry, Shemuel, the, your principle that you said, your ukimta, that you said for to explain the second case, does not work for the third case. Shemuel will answer. Ama Shemuel, matayim ul din u'dvarim en li imachem Shemuel makes a net of further ukimta, that the third case is talking about where the one who's owed a hundred tells the other two women, I have no dealings with either of you. And therefore, let's figure this out. Regarding the first hundred, Rachel says, I'm out. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to have any dealings with you. So that will be split 50-50. So that counts for this 50 and you've Rivka's so far gets 50. Regarding the second uh, hundred, uh, there, they will be split Evenly and so uh, between Rivka and Rachel, um, she, in other words, Rachel just says, "I have no dealings regarding the first hundred with both of you, but for the second hundred, uh, they split it half half. So Rivka gets half. That's another fifty uh, plus her uh, fifty she had already. That's a hundred, and she gets fifty. The last hundred uh, is all Rachel's. So that adds a hundred to the fifty she had already. So there you go. So the third case is not where Rivka." told Sarah, I have no dealings with you, but rather Rachel is told the other two, I have no dealings with both of you regarding the first hundred. Okay, so yes, it works, but you have to give such particular okimta in each case um, that really it really would be hard to expand this to further cases, but that is the explanation of Shemuel. Second explanation of the Mishnah now, Rav nehar Pekod, here's Nehar Pekod, and uh, Bavel Mishmed uh, Ravina Amal. oh, we're talking about here in the first clauses where there were two seizures of property, meaning that the husband, when the husband died, he had property scattered around, and they didn't know where it was, so first, they figured out where one piece of land is, and so they split that some way somehow, and then they got a second. Uh, a property come in and they split that as well okay so let's see what how how this, this applies <speaking in Spanish> this is when it says resha we're talking about the second case where there's 200 available but it comes in two waves <speaking> in <Spanish> first, they get 75. So 75, they split it equally because they're all owed um, more than 25. So they split that three ways. They each get 25. And then they get um, a wave of 125. Now for that 125 we make a figure of how much each of the three is out. Remember, they all split 25 equally, so uh, 75 equally, so all they already got 25. That means Sarah here is still missing 75. So that 75 that she is missing and that they're all missing, uh, they take that 75 and split it equally. So everyone gets another distribution of 25. So now they all have 50 each. Uh, there was one well, 25 altogether in the second distribution of which they just took 75 and split evenly, that leaves 50. Uh, so the 50, Sada has no claim to because uh, she already you know uh, made the claim of 75 which they split equally. So the other 50, Rivka and Achel, have an equal claim to and they split it equally leaving uh, an extra 25 for each. That's how you get 75 75 for them and only 50 for this one. So if you assume that two distributions, then that would be fair. And the same thing with the third case, Sefa Bishte in the third case, where there's and there's three hundred, altogether in the estate, but they don't get it all at once. First, they find the field that's worth seventy-five, and so they're all they all the 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 least one has a claim of a hundred. So that seventy-five, they all have an equal claim to. So they split it three ways, seventy-five each. Now the rest, which is uh, which comes later, is two hundred and twenty-five. So let's see what happens with that. Of that two hundred twenty-five, Sada has only a claim of seventy-five of it. She already got twenty-five, so only seventy-five of it. So they have e- they all three have an equal claim to seventy-five of it. So they split that evenly. Fine. So now they all have fifty. Now of the two twenty-five that came originally, um, uh, in the second wave, Livka had uh, a claim to it. Uh, uh was missing only one seventy-five. She got twenty-five in the first uh, hand payout, and so she's missing one seventy-five. So of the two twenty-five, she has a claim only over one seventy-five of it, and therefore that one seventy-five she will split. Uh, evenly with Rachel, except that 75 of the 175 already of, of the second wave was already paid out. And so that leaves 100 of uh, what Rivka can possibly claim. So that 100 is split evenly. Rivka gets 50, and Rachel gets 50. That leaves Rivka with 100 from the first payout, uh, sorry 25 from the first payout, 25 from the 75 that they shared equally and now 50 from the la- from the end. and that leaves a leftover of um, uh, 150 old, of another 50 for Rachel. <clears throat> what she gets in total. And so that's how you get 50, 100 and 150. Okay, once again, yes, we can explain it by saying it comes in two waves and applying the, these principles. But again, this is another okimta uh, that does not is not said in the Mishnah, and also would we'd have to figure out on a case-by-case basis if the numbers were different. It would not be clear. I'm not clear why the Mishnah is not simply uh, teaching us a straightforward case when it all comes at once. Okay, Tanya, Zo Mishnah Rabbi Rabbi Omed En ani Natan, Ela An amazing Baraita that says, Our Mishnah are, is the minority opinion of Rabbi Natan, and Rabbi Uda Nasi, who we usually think is the author of the Mishnah, and very well may be, but not in this case. Rabbi says, I do not agree with Rabbi Nathan. Uh, in on these cases, rather Rabbi Biudanasi himself thinks that in all the cases they should divide equally. Uh, so even if there's 300, they each get 100. Um, if there's more, then that's it. I mean, the one sarao I would be paid in full. She wouldn't get any more of that. They'd split the rest uh, um, I- again equally. So Rabbi has a simple solution: always, always divide it equally, and uh, does not understand or does not agree with Rabbi Natan. Okay, so that's the end of that discussion. Now the end of the Mishnah, which said shehitilu," the principles of division we just said, according to the Binatan, will also apply to three investors in a business. Okay, good. But not everybody agrees with the Mishnah. Amar lakis. Uh, says that if you have uh, two people that are um, going into business together and one puts in a hundred, one puts in two hundred, they divide equally. Like Cholcot B'Shaveh, uh, it could be that Shemuel is following Rebi Yehuda Nasi here and not Rabbi Natan. So they divide equally even though they both, even though they put in different amounts. All right, it's a little hard to understand if they put in different amounts, how come they don't get proportional amount back? So Ahmad Abba I can understand Shemuel's principle in a case where they bought together an ox for plowing which was actually used for plowing the reason is because they're buying one item and the guy who put in 200 let's say that uh, thing the, the ox was worth is cost 300 the guy who put in 200 wouldn't be able to buy the ox without the one the one who oh, who put in a hundred and vice-versa. In other words, they need each other equally. Each one by himself couldn't do anything since they're buying one item, one expensive item. So they get an equal share back even though they put in uh, different amounts because they need each other equally. But let's say they instead bought some uh, socks and they could buy a thousand socks. And uh, so uh, therefore, the more money you put in, the more merchandise you can, uh, you can uh, uh, buy and profit off of. In that case, then they, they can get a proportional amount of, uh, of, uh, of profit. And so Labas said it would make sense only if they buy one big thing. And use it for ploughing. Use it for its work. Let's say they buy an ox uh, for ploughing, but in the end they say, you know what? This ox, look, it got fatter. The price of meat went up. We'll be better off if we slaughter it. In that case, in that case, they divide it proportionally because now that this ox is slaughtered and butchered, so the bigger the ox, the more that they would get. And so because it's Split up the oxes physically. Split up; they can split share split the profits, and the one who put in two hundred gets twi- back, back twice as much as the one who got one hundred. That's Rabah's explanation of Shemuel. Rav Hamnuna disagrees and says even if they bought it for uh, originally for plowing and ended up uh, butchering it. Nevertheless, they split evenly. He says, no matter what, they split evenly. They still need each other to buy it in the first place. Challenge to Rabbah. Me there's a Tosefta here that says two partners, one put in 100, one put in 200. They split evenly. So Tosefta doesn't say what case it's talking about, but couldn't, shouldn't it be covering any case? Even if they bought it for uh, plowing and end up slaughtering it and it still should be even, challenge to Daba. Uh Lo Beshot La Harisha Vel Med La Harisha. No, no Raba I could say this Tosefta's only talking about a case where they bought it for ploughing and used it for ploughing, that's why they split evenly. Okay. Aval shod la harisha vo medlitvi litviha mai zenotele fem otav iseno telefeme otav. Okay, but according to you Raba, if in fact they bought it, for ploughing and ended up butchering it. What then? You would say that they divide it proportionally according to the money that they put in. Well, that works for the reshaf was by itself. But look at the continuation. Adetane sefa lakach <laughs> ze venit arebu ze notel lefi maotav notel lefi maotav. The uh, second half of the Tosefta says if these two partners originally went into business individually, one bought a hundred. Uh, worth of whatever. Another bought 200 worth of oxen or whatever. And uh, they were separate. And then they decided, okay, we'll partner up. Um, In that case, when they come to uh, split the profits, they do it proportionally because they came in separately so then surely they would, uh, um, and and they have different shares, so surely when they split it, they do it um, because that shows that they could have done it individually. It's not like when they each buy one big thing and they need each other. don't need each other. They went into business separately. So then they get proportionally. So that's the Sefa. Now, according to you, your explanation uh, uh, Rabah of this uh, Baraita that, is, uh, that it was only talking about of an ox that was bought for plowing and used for plowing. If you want to show a, uh, a a contrast between two cases, show a contrast between two the cases that are most similar, and say when do we say we divide equally? Only if it's an ox that was bought and used for plowing. But if you bought it for plowing and then you slaughter it, female. The female tab then you go by proportionally by how much they invested and that would be a closer distinction so you could see the exact principle rather than coming up with an entirely new, entirely new case of where they uh, were not partners at first so we answer for daba in fact we can explain this to as saying that but maybe when is it true that they split evenly when it was bought and used for plowing but if it was bought for plowing and then they ended up slaughtering it that would be the same as a case where they had each uh, um, invested in a business separately and then joined together and that in both of those cases in hotel ife is in hotel maltav. and then they take out um, proportionally according to the investment that they put in good so we answered the question to itaba last question here is going to be against shimuel who said that in business business partners uh, split evenly. Wait a second. That goes against our Mishnah. I uh, proposed before that maybe is Shemuel is following the Bi'ud On the other hand, Shemuel is also the one that gives that Okimta to explain be Natan uh, in our Mishnah, which may sounds like he does agree with it. And so how could Shemuel say that in case of investments they split evenly? So, Tnan vechen shelosha lakis pi'cha pachatu o kach he when the Mishnah says that uh, that uh, when uh, three people uh, are a partner and uh, partners together, whether uh, they have a loss or a profit, they split it in the same manner as the three women above. So my my pachatu pachatu mamash, hotiro hotiro mamash. So it doesn't mean that then a loss means it was an actual loss that whatever they they invested uh, into, then they bought. You know, uh, um, oxen with it and the oxen got scrawny and died. Or if they hotito means they bought oxen and then they got fat and they uh, got a profit. Isn't that what it's talking about? And yet it says they split according to the, we call it the uh, game theory principle, and not evenly. So Shemuel, what are you going to do with that? Nachman, Abu, lo Zuze hadate astera desunita. No, when it says loss and profit, we're not talking about loss and profit of what they invested, but rather the actual coins that they put into it. Um, uh, if they, if there's coins that they have left over, everybody put in money, and there's still coins around, and I mean they bought and sold and things, but then whatever cash is available that they take out their original amount of investment from the cash uh, proportionally to what they put in. right? So let's say they all invested and then they ended up uh, um, not actually uh, going into business and not buying anything. They want to get their original cash back, one gets 100, 200, and 300. And the same would be true if they do buy and sell, and now they have different actual coins than the original ones. So those coins are all on the table. They get to split them according to the game theory principle. And in that case, Coins are not all worth the same amount, even if they all have the same denomination and stamp on them, because if they put in old worn out coins and then they go and trade with them and they get a, an exchange, um, new nice coins. So those coins are actually, even though it says a dollar on it, it's actually worth more. And so they would split those according to game theory. And similarly, if they, have, if they had a loss, uh, pachatu, uh, that it could only be used for a wound. Sometimes a coin would be so debased, people would scratch off a little, take a little of the silver or the gold, uh, a tiny bit, until uh, in the end, the government says this is not worth anything. And the only thing they could use it for is to put on your foot to, uh, to cover a wound so that you could walk on it. Um, and uh, so if it, if there's a loss in the coins, then also the loss is split according to game theory. Uh, so that's what the uh, Shemal can explain. The Mishnah is talking about that. But the actual profit and loss of their investments, that gets split evenly. All right. Next Mishnah. Mishaya Nasui Arba Nashim met. Uh, so we went from the uh, from two, a man married to two women to three women, and now we go to four women. What we're going to see is actually it doesn't really matter in this case that it's four women. We can uh, we can express the principle equally if there was only three or two. But uh, the Mishnah, just for stylistic reasons, why well, as it goes to the next case adds one more, uh, just so that you remember it. Oh yeah, the case of two, the case of three, the case of four. Okay, so here's how it works. Uh, he died. ha Shona, and he owes, uh, the state owes all of them a ketubah. Uh, there's limited funds. ha Shona, Kodemet Lashenia. In this case, as opposed to the or, or Mishnah we just had, they sign the Kitubat on different dates. So in the Mishnah we just had, they all sign the Ketubot on the same day and time. That's why they have to figure out how to split it. But if one was earlier, one was in year one, and then every year he married another wife, and so the first one will get paid first, and no matter how much it is, she gets all the money. And if there's anything left over, the second one can get paid. Ushiniya shilushi gets paid before the third. Shirushi ta and the third gets paid before the fourth. Veri shona Now the first one, before she gets paid, she has to swear to the second that she's owed that full amount. If it was... Um, yeah, Let's say they're all uh, have to get a thousand. So the first one, make it simple, 200, uh, if they're a bit too hot, So if they, um, uh, the first one says, listen, I swear I didn't get paid anything yet of my 200, so I'm going to collect the whole 200. And the second one, well, also swear to the third one. She has to make say, I I didn't get anything because if she already received some payout, and now she doesn't deserve the full two hundred, she's taking away possibly taking away from the third wife because if there's limited funds so maybe only the se- only enough for the second and not enough for the third so the second has to swear to the third and so too the third has to swear to the fourth but the fourth she if there's still funds left over she gets paid without making a swear because she's not taking it from anyone else after all all first three got paid already that's Tanah Kama. Ben-Ana says, wait, that's fair. Just because she's last, she should have an advantage that she doesn't have to swear. Afi, Lotit Pada ela She also should have to swear. After all, who are they all collecting from? Right, Their husband died, so the estate went to the orphans. And anytime you're extracting money from orphans, you have to swear. And so even the fourth one has to swear. If indeed she got paid something, beforehand, uh, then she shouldn't be allowed to take it from the orphans. So she also would be incurring a loss, not on the other wives, but on the orphans. So therefore, according to Ben Anas, they all have to swear. However, if all of the kituvot had the same day on it, he married all four on the same day, then we have to look at the hour and sometimes they would write the hour of the of the ketubah it was at uh, 6 in the morning another one at 7 in the morning, 8 in the morning 9 in the morning, and so whichever one is earlier has the earlier lien and therefore gets paid first and in fact in Jerusalem they would make sure to write the hour on it because just in case, he married one woman in the morning, one in the afternoon היו כולן יוסעות בשעה אחת ואין However, if they all have the exact same date on it, and there's only a hundred dinars to pay all of them, then they divide everything equally. This last line is consistent uh, both with Rabbi or Rebbe Natan, B who says you always split evenly, and Rebbe Natan also in the previous Mishnah, because if there's only a hundred in the estate, then that's less than the minimum possible kituva for anyone, and therefore nobody would be paid in full, and uh, they would split evenly like the first case of so when There's only a hundred and each get 33 and a quarter. So uh, same would be if there's four wives, then each would get 25, and that would be true uh, according to any principle of division, um, whether it whether be or to be Natan. So we can't tell from here uh, which opinion this Mishnah follows. Um, so that's the Mishnah, and we'll see, what the, we'll see the Gemara on the next stuff. ברוך הדונאי לעולם, אמן ואמן.